Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. Don't lie to yourself. That won't help anything. It usually leads to a really good place and it helps them make decisions that lead to these healthier, happier outcomes. I want to offer that being kind to yourself versus beating yourself up to achieve an outcome is the way to go. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 245. In this episode, I'm chatting with returning guest, Jill Allison Bryan. Our conversation brings Jill's best insights as a creativity coach to planning a fruitful year of scrapbooking and beyond. Hey, Jill, welcome back to Scrapbook Your Way. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for having me back. I am looking forward to our conversation today. We are going to really dive into some fun topics. But first, can you remind our audience uh, who you are, where you live, what you do, and all that? Sure. I'm Jill Allison Bryan. I am a creativity coach and the founder of Creative Oasis Coaching. And as a as such, I help people bring their creative ideas and dreams out of their head into the world. I, I help people do that both with um, professional, like I work with creative entrepreneurs, people that have creative businesses or want to use creativity to support their business via social media, that kind of thing. And then I also work with people that really want to um, just enjoy more creative fulfillment in their personal lives as well. And I do that via one-on-one coaching and group coaching mostly. I live in Dallas, Texas, and I love to travel. Yes, that is very true. And I think you have a fun trip coming up soon, but I think that will connect to maybe your bucket list story here. Okay. All right. Yes, I I also wanted to point out for those maybe who haven't heard your previous episodes that we are friends, uh, also kind of like we're biz friends as well, if you will. Yes. Um, We met, oh gosh, seven, eight years ago now, I think. Yes. Um, And have have been friends ever since. So we bounce ideas off each other and support one another and have become real friends in the process. Yes, we have. And it's an awesome thing. (laughs) I always love talking with you. So Jill, what is exciting you right now? As you know, I love to ask our guests about both what's going on in their lives as well as their creativity. Right. So we alluded to it already, but the big life thing is I'm leaving for Iceland, uh, a trip with my best friend. Um, gosh, when am I leaving? Weekend after next. So, so pretty soon. And I'm very excited about that. And I'm really hoping that I get to see the Northern Lights. And I know that's not a guarantee, but that's my hope for that. 
Um, and then creatively, I am back to reading fiction again at bedtime <laughs> before I go to sleep, which uh, I mentioned because I know uh, I'm not alone in this, that even as an avid lifelong reader uh, and somebody who loves to read, that habit can slip away so easily when I'm not intentional about it. And I think it's just so easy for us to lose that precious reading time to various screens if we don't, if we're not thoughtful about making it a priority. And so uh, I'm doing that again, which I'm loving. And I'm also having fun creating a little mini altered book. I'm using, I lowered the pressure by using a really small uh, paperback hiking trail book that I picked up uh, when I was in Colorado traveling this summer. And I'm using like a combination of small watercolor pieces that I'm creating for fun and then kind of tearing them into places, pieces and then collaging those and, and using magazine images and doing some blackout poetry and haiku. So it's like this little tiny experimental book because I've always wanted to delve into altered book making. And this is a super low pressure way to do it. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. Oh, that sounds so awesome. I can't wait to see what you're creating for yes. sure. <laughs> you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a question about your fiction. So is there a recommendation you have, like either what's what you're reading right now or something you recently finished? Uh, I, I have just started diving into, I'm actually reading a, a YA book right now, but David Eggers, who uh, is a really fairly well-known um, author and he writes both you know a fiction for adults and children and he has a, a publishing arm and some great philanthropic uh, outlets and he's based in San Francisco but he happened to be here in town uh, and a friend of mine was interviewing him recently and so I'm kind of on a David Eggers kick right now and he's got a beautiful YA book out oh and now of course the the name is going to escape me because I'm I the I will, I'll come back to you with it, but it's a beautiful book. And the outside of the book is actually a beautiful carved wood piece. So it's like a, oh, wow. sculpt, yeah, it's like a sculpture. And then on the inside of it, there are, um, they got permission from uh, museums to use these images from famous American uh, paintings. And then they painted the, uh, the hero of the book, which is a dog, uh, into these paintings. So it's just like a very special book. And so that's, I'm loving that right now. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. Fun fact, Dave Eggers went to the U of I. <laughs> we, oh! uh, we often chat in this town about people who went to the U of I or invented things here. And so I, that often comes up in trivia competitions that we go to. How about that small world? Himishimi. Very cool. <laughs> So Jill, you may not be a traditional scrapbooker like many of our listeners, but you are very wholeheartedly a memory keeper. So mm -hmm. after you visit Iceland, I'm curious how you think you might document that adventure. I started a special small travel journal. Uh, I believe it was about in 2015 uh, when I was traveling to Japan with my best friend, who, who's the same person I'm going to be going to Iceland with. And I really only write in this journal when I'm traveling. And even more specifically, usually traveling, it's something a little bit bigger than even smaller, like usually international or just something that has more weight to it than just like a little weekend trip or something like that. So I will be bringing that with me. And it's become like, um, 
kind of a really lovely tradition and ritual for me to go back and read over my entries since it's not a very big journal. There's not a, a lot and just be reminded of these amazing travel experiences that I've already had and kind of set an intention for the upcoming trip. So that'll be part of the memory keeping. And then as far as, and I think we touched on this uh, in one of the other episodes that, that we spoke, rather than traditional scrapbooking, I do have these travel boxes, like memorabilia boxes mm-hmm. that I, where I can kind of, they're like a treasure chest of memories is the way I think about it. And so if I get, if I collect any ephemera or post, I'm talking with my hands now, you can't see a postcards or, uh, uh, you know, menus or whatever, they don't do matchbooks anymore, but that kind of thing, I, I know I'll have a place to put those. Um, so that's, those are two things that come to mind. And then of course I have my phone, which nowadays is just like insanely easy to take gorgeous pictures and videos with. Yes, yes, yes. It's going to be so awesome. That's definitely on my uh, personal travel bucket list is to go to Iceland. So I can't wait to hear what you think. Yeah. I just want to circle back and say the name of this beautiful book is The Eyes and the Impossible by David Eggers. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. We will link that up in the show notes for sure. Great. So the two episodes you were on before were 103 and 170, and you talked about morning and evening routines. We kind of created those as bookends to each other. Right. Uh, Before we go in a little bit deeper, can you talk a little bit more about what you do and in particular, how you help individuals with their personal creative dreams? Sure. So I think um, I help people by helping them to get clear on what it is they want to do, which we're kind of going to be talking about a little bit in in a minute here too. But really, I guess no matter what people are coming to me to work on, because I do work with a variety of creatives. I work with artists, writers, um, photographers, again, you know, coaches, people that own uh, various kinds of creative businesses, or they're like in their retirement, and they've had these creative projects that they've been putting on hold for a really long time. And now it's their time to really enjoy that part of their life. And no matter what the creative endeavor the, the blocks are the same, right? We, we bump up against things like procrastination, perfectionism, overwhelm, inner critic voice. And so it's my work to help people just kind of work past those blocks, find ways to dissolve those blocks and not let them continue to hold them up so that they can move forward. And really just my goal for, for everybody that I work with and everybody that I help is that they can wake up in the morning and say, I, really, I love my life. I love my creative life. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to have bad days. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have challenges. Of course we will. That's life. But overall, if you can wake up feeling really energized by your creative life, because it's not just a dream anymore, and you're actually showing up and taking consistent, inspired action to make it happen, that's the stuff. That's That's what I'm here to help people do. Oh, so awesome. I love spending time with you because I just, I love to soak up all of your wisdom for sure. <laughs> oh, I feel the same about you, Jennifer. <laughs> so I wanted to specifically dive into creative visioning because this is late December when this episode is going out. And in early January, we'll be helping our listeners finalize plans for the year and identify some of their specific objectives for the two months. But if you Mm -hmm. don't have any kind of broader vision, I think that can derail even really specific and comprehensive plans because suddenly you're not doing them because they're not truly aligned. 
Absolutely. So how, kind of stepping back in terms of thinking about your vision, how does it all fit together and move you to where you want to be? Well, I mean, just what you said, for for one, I think, you know, um, what I've really come to to learn as, you know, working with people, because I've been doing, I've been a creativity coach now for over 15 years, and um, seeing the commonality of the threads of why people succeed and 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 why they ha- uh, love and have success and satisfaction in their creative lives versus why they don't, um, that the first piece, you know, awareness is everything, right? So really, uh, like you were saying, having a vision and and also knowing your why, which I know is a big catch phrase, and, and and we're hearing that a lot, but but there's such truth to it. So. Um, I think that I've really found and created over the past few years, kind of synthesized this, what I call the crystal clear creative vision process as a way to help people get really clear on what it is that that they want to do and then commit to it um, so that they can show up and make it happen instead of just what happens with so many of us and our creative desires is that they're more like a weight around our neck than wings <laughs> that could make it, you know, that we feel energized by. Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm thinking of a particular creative dream that I have that is resonating with the things that you're saying. Oh, but can you share some of the, the broad strokes of the crystal clear vision process? Yeah. So the crystal clear creative vision process has three main areas of focus, which are curiosity, clarity, and commitment. And then within each of those areas, there are, I share prompts and exercises and experience that really help you um, as you're going through each step to continually narrow down and focus in on what will in the end be your clear creative vision for the next six months. And the reason for me, for it's the next six months in my world <laughs> is because I think this, the, the stereotypical, you know, vision board or plan, and we think of like what we're going to do for the year. And we you know, we've all heard the like people making their wish lists or their resolutions or whatever you know, on January the 1st, and then come March the 1st, they're like, oh, no, I'm not. What was I going to do? I, I have, I'm not doing any of that anymore. So, in, in order to avoid that, I think it's uh, important to have a doable amount of time. And so, for me, I work with people six months at a time. And I think that I've just found that that works really well. Um, the first phase, curiosity, is an opportunity to really follow your curiosity, play in possibility. Um, this is not something as adults that we normally give ourselves time to do. We do it in the process using a, a variety of journaling prompts. We use mind mapping, if you're familiar with mind mapping, and other t- techniques so that it's really all about intentional exploration. And and it's so funny how resistant you know people are, not to that, but the, what I'm challenging people to do within the first couple weeks of this program is to not only play in possibility and follow their curiosity, but to do that without the pressure of needing to make the right or best decision right away, mm. which is what we want to do. People are like, oh, I had this thought, like, that's the thing, like, maybe I should just do that, you know, and we're second guessing ourselves before we can even get out of the gate. 
Yes, so, that happens so often, I think, with yeah, I think of specific creative analogies here in scrapbooking with, oh, this sounds like an amazing project. And either we run ourselves over by jumping in before thinking it through, yep. or we second guess it to death and then end up not taking any action or uh, not buying anything and not moving forward at all. This, yes, that's it. That's it. Exactly. So it's, it's actually, I think once people give themselves permission, which, you know, I'm big on that to, to really, and truly be in this phase of what if, and, and curiosity and, and remembering things they used to love to do. And, and, and what are some things that maybe they've always wanted to try and, and to have that freedom to think about those things and, um, explore those options without the pressure to choose, uh, right, at least at first is, is so freeing when they will do it, but boy, are people, re- we're resistant <laughs> to that at the beginning. So, um, I think that's a pretty unique thing to offer people a safe space to do that. And then of course yes. we don't stay there, right? We, that's where we start. Then we move into clarity. That's the second phase. And after we've had a sufficient amount of time to spend pondering the possibilities, we do move into the decision-making phase. And that's where we put time and energy into really being intentional about choosing the creative vision that you're going to prioritize over the, you know, the next six months. And that can look like you know, deciding not only what you want to do and what you want to focus on, but can also look like lovingly deciding what you're going to set aside until later. Right. Oh, I mean, that's so important because we can't possibly do everything. And right. Accepting that reality is is such a huge step towards moving forward at all. It really is. Yeah, for sure. And so I know you have a tool. Like I have the the Creative Oasis Clarity Finder. You have the Focus Finder. Um, they're at the, that phase in the clarity. We're using that that the, that kind of a tool. We're also using something that I call brave heart versus fear reflex, which is really a time to um, look at your choices that you're making and and really uh, lovingly look at are they coming? Are you making these choices from a place of fear or from an empowered loving place? And you might be like, well, creative like fear, but like we can, we can be making our choices based on what we think other people want or don't want, you know, or, uh, there's all kinds of, of reasons. And so having this kind of very, uh, structured way or lens through which to look at the decisions as you're making them really helps you to, um, make your choices, your final choice of what your creative vision is going to be from an empowered, loving place. Now, I know you've taught specific vision board workshops in the past. And where would something like that in terms of a a visual representation of your dreams, where would that fit into this process? Well, okay. So we've talked about phase one, curiosity, phase two, clarity, phase three is um, commitment. And so this is where I'm going to ask people to uh, name and claim their creative vision for the next six months. um, And, and also to do that on a spectrum of certain possible and audacious. And we could talk more about that if you want to later and also really know their why. So once they've done all of those things and they really are super clear about what their creative vision is for the next six months, then we talk about a variety of um, visual and written and analog and digital reminders that can help keep us on track. 
Oh, that sounds terrific. So I think we're all so unique and we might need different things. We might express ourselves differently and want certain types of tangible, and I mean that both in a physical and digital way, but tangible ways to stay connected to yeah. um, that commitment. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and I'd love to speak just a little bit more about this idea because because when I hit on it, which again, this this the this process is based on obviously years of, of all kinds of creative oasis. I mean, of creative coaching plus, uh, like you were saying, vision board workshops, vis- vision board retreats, and kind of realizing that um, having more spaciousness and time around it, and that it's more. I mean, it's just to sit down and do a vision board is awesome. And I would always, I would never um, tell anybody to not do that if, if they want to do it and you can find magazines, go for it. But also that this process um, really, you know, lends itself to having a, a much stronger, clearer vision. And um, so the idea of because we want to jump to the binary, the good, bad, uh, right, wrong, successful, unsuccessful so quickly because I, that's society and the way we're raised in school, you know, in Western culture, uh, usually, uh, I think remembering that most things in life, we learn on a spectrum. We, you know, we can't run until we crawl and then walk. And, and, and we, and we understand that with physical type things, but it's the same thing with our creativity. So we can also, you know, be setting ourselves up for failure when we only have this one, our vision is like publish a book and that equals success. Well, oh my goodness, right? Think of all the steps that need to come before that day actually comes. And so um, this idea came to me of really helping people to see their vision and name their vision on a spectrum of the certain. And the certain is probably can be just like, I'm starting, I'm going to prioritize my podcast, we'll say, you know, um, I'm going to, I've had the idea for three years and I'm not sure what it's going to look like exactly, but I know I'm going to spend time and energy and resources to start the process. And then possible might be, uh, built on the certain, uh, I'm going to do all of that. And my goal is to have one episode created and then your audacious might be, um, to have, three episodes uh, created and and promoted to the world. And so you won't be wrong if you only start your podcast, because at least you'll have started something that you had had been on your heart for years, but you hadn't given yourself permission to try it. But you've got the spectrum of, of, of what success looks like that you can celebrate all along the way instead of waiting until the end to say, oh, I'm doing it. It also seems like this process is the difference between, and the, this we've been talking about travel and analogy can't put in my mind to say, I want to go like visit Colorado or I want to go out West and saying, I want to go see a concert at Red Rocks. And then uh, a couple of days later, I want to go hiking where it's still snowy in the mountains. Like that's Absolutely. very specific. That's a perfect analogy. I, I love that analogy. I think I've used it in a masterclass before because it makes so much sense because people do the same thing to themselves. They, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I want to travel to wherever, like Colorado or something like that. And then they have to decide <laughs> when they're going to do it. They have to commit. And usually it's like time, energy, resources, like anything we really want in our life. And then and, uh, and the other thing, that's a great analogy because think of what we put on hold. Think of what we say no to to say yes to a trip. 
Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, so we need to to do that as well. So, and then, yeah. And then as far as once you're able to really um, be super clear on these phases of, of what your vision looks like for the next six months, then it's super helpful as you know, to have a vision board or, I mean, one of the things that I love is Pinterest boards as vision boards. You know, that's a great Mm -hmm. uh, digital version. There are also some really wonderful apps that have like affirmations and reminders and that kind of thing. Um, and then of course, just being in a group with other people who are also on that same journey and, and you're being reminded week after week that this is, you know, what we're moving towards can be really helpful. I'm curious how you help your clients bridge the gap between their current reality and their dreams, because I can see sometimes that it feels like there's this insurmountable gap and uh, maybe maybe you help them identify what is, what is that gap or what's preventing me from closing it. But I'm just right. curious to, to hear more about that. Well, I mean, I think it all ties exactly to what you're asking about in this episode. Is is It goes back to being as clear as possible about what you want. Um, because so many people, especially multi-passionate creatives, which I work with a lot, if you have a lot of ideas, the gap between reality and dreams is that is, could be just the, the amount, right? Like there's so many and there's just not enough hours in the day. I have a client who's always joking with me. He's like, Oh, can you remind me again this week that there's only 24 hours in a day? It's like, yeah, Yeah. that's still true. Sorry. Um, But yeah, so being as clear as possible, setting those expectations and creating your intentions really based on knowing what matters the most to you, which goes back to the clarity piece, right? To to really giving yourself permission to prioritize. It's just so important. Um, And, you know, there's a part of of most of us that think just because we want to do a thing or we're interested in a thing that it's going to happen. And then we're like dumbfounded when it doesn't (laughs) like, wait a minute, I, but I bought all the stuff or, you know, I thought about it, but there's, there's other steps along the way. So I think realizing that we really, we need to make space in our lives for what's important for us. We need to make choices as to what we'll prioritize and let go if not forever, at least for now. And we also, and I think we did talk about this at least in one of the other episodes and maybe both, but to honor the seasons of our lives. Yes, yes, yes. We talk about that so much here on the show and inside our community. That's so important. uh, It's huge, particularly as, you know, we're talking about life here. Life goes on and on. Hopefully, if we're lucky, right? So, but we Mm -hmm. all go through different seasons of life where we have more time, energy, motivation. And if you're not respecting that, you're going to be fighting against it. Right, right. And yeah, absolutely. So not comparing your journey to somebody else's journey. Super important. One thing that I think clarity can also help with, and maybe you can tell me I'm right or wrong here, is... The ability to, once you hone in on the thing that you're going towards, you can start seeing multiple paths to get there. Right. But I think if you don't ever narrow it down to this is where I'm going, you don't, you can't see those paths in front of you. Absolutely. So yeah, so this is going, talking about what's, how do you know what's achievable? And so Mm -hmm. it is, you know, using, you know, using tools or, or on your own, whatever, finding, you know, clarity, um, and, you know, having a group or, or a, 
guide or a mentor or a coach or whatever who can help you take an honest look at your dreams and desires from a very non-judgmental perspective um, because it's challenging to do it on our own. Most of us overestimate what we can accomplish and underestimate how long it's going to take. <laughs> so, <Yes. laughs> uh, and so, uh, I mean, I, I start, I start many a coaching session with the, with the words with love, <laughs> let's look at this <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, this, you know, can you see a day that the great example is somebody coming to me saying whatever their creative endeavor is and, and their desire is to do it for an hour every day. And they're not doing it right now at all. And I'm like, okay, but can you see a week where that's just not going to happen, where you're either only going to get to 15 minutes or you're not going to get to it three days in a row. And when that happens and we've set the expectation that success in air quotes looks like doing it an hour every day, then that's when our you know brain come, pipes up and says, well, see, you're not doing it. You can't do it. That's, you, you, I knew you weren't going to be able to do it versus, you know, really lowering the expectations and saying 15 minutes most days. And if you can get to an hour, several days, great. But you're, you're so much, you're setting yourself up for success when you really uh, have some, your expectations that are realistic. That's another reason why I love the certain possible audacious is because you're, you're certain might be a few times a week at 15 minutes and your audacious might be most days at an hour, but then you've got that spectrum. So you're not just like right or wrong with it. Yes. We've talked a lot this year in particular and a little bit last year about more aggregate goals, whether it's like a week or a month, Mm -hmm. so that the actual amount of time and the number of sessions over that period doesn't have to be equal and you don't have to feel bad about making a different choice on one particular day as long as you're still moving towards your goal of however many hours uh, in a certain period of time. Right. And I think even even our default to want to fall back to the amount of hours spent with something is such a societal mm-hmm. trope. Uh, and and what if we what if we were more like Bhutan? What if we were like, how much joy did I experience while I was working on my scrapbooking project? How much joy um, has it brought me to have this podcast? Or you know what I mean? Like there there mm-hmm. are other ways to measure uh, our our life, you know, and 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 these projects that we're doing. So um I think the other the other piece of this, how can you know it's an achievable, is um, being honest with yourself and kind to yourself. Because mm-hmm. I've noticed um, in in teaching or sharing this uh, creative visioning process with more and more people that once we get into the clarity part and into the commitment part, that a phrase that that keeps popping up is if I'm being honest with myself and, you know, and my, I'm always like smiling saying, well, by all means, be honest with yourself, please, you know, don't lie to yourself. That won't help anything. And so when people, you know, it usually leads to a really good place and it helps them make decisions that lead to these healthier, happier outcomes. So I want to offer that being kind to yourself versus beating yourself up to achieve an outcome is the way to go. Because honestly, you can, do you can go either route <laughs> to achieve something, right? You could just like be relentless with yourself and not enjoy the process, but then you have to continue doing that to keep that outcome going. Or you can be kind and loving to yourself, you know, as you're creating this outcome. And then that will be your baseline for how you create. Yes, yes, yes. 
Are there other potential pitfalls that our listeners should be aware of as they're diving into this, either on their own or with the support of of a coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we we can, we already touched on some of them, but you know, to 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 circle back around, one very common pitfall is wanting to leapfrog over pieces of the process, right? We just yes. want to know. <laughs> Just, just want to know how to do it. And, and we also want guarantees. I want to know how to do it. I want to guarantee that it's going to come out perfectly. Right. And, and, you know, so many of us have that strong desire to already know what it is. Um, and so choices get made or fueled from, in, they feel impatience, right. Or an unwillingness to take the time that it needs to kind of, that we need to really and truly follow our curiosity and, and make, and then make a decision and make discerning choices. Um, so that's one pitfall. Another one is to assume or hope that what works for someone else is, is go- going to work for us. So to just circle back to what you just shared, there's so many different ways to memory keep there's so, and you know, this, that's what your whole platform is. That's what simple scrapper is all about, right? Scrapbook your way. That's what this is about this podcast. And so even though um, you do a wonderful job of, of reminding people of that and giving people a place where they can do that, I think on our own and on default, we tend to sometimes be like, well, if somebody would just tell me how to do it step by step by step, then I could, I could do it. And so I liken it to exercise. Like some, I heard somebody, maybe it was my personal trainer, say one time, the very best exercise in the world that you can do is the exercise that you'll do right? It, it's mm-hmm. not running. It's not weightlifting. It's not yoga. It's the thing that, that you're really like to do and you're going to do it consistently. And it's the same thing I think with our creativity. So all of that to say in the end, the more you can practice trusting your own instincts and, and trusting your intuition, I think the better off you're going to be. And I really believe that the more joy and satisfaction you're going to experience within your creative endeavors, um, I'm always trying to lead my clients back to themselves in some ways. In some ways, it's directly um, with just questions. And sometimes it's through kind of, you know, fun creative endeavors like the Cabinet of Creative Council. I think we've talked about that on here as, as well before, which is, a you know, having a, a and imaginary board of directors, if you will, creative people that you look up to, that if you took a problem to them or a question to them, how would they answer it for you? And, and it's so fun to see how people come up with this, really, they're unearthing this amazing wisdom that already exists within themselves, but because we're kind of going in the back door to it instead of them having to figure out the right answer, um, but they're talking to uh, Frida Kahlo and she's got the right answer for them. It's a yes. lot more fun <laughs> and available. Yeah. For sure. Well, it sounds like we need to, a lot of us need to do more of that practicing of being honest with ourselves and mm-hmm. stop making the the not being honest, the lying to ourselves be the default. Even if we think we're, it's the best thing for us. So that's what we should do. You know, we always get in trouble with should. Yeah. If we're really honest, it sounds like that's going to offer so much more um, freedom and openness to actually make progress. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and you, and we can practice even asking that question, am I being honest with myself? Mm -hmm. And, you know, another phrase I'm always saying is like grace, like showing ourselves grace. So even if you were like, Oh, I I'm not, it's not that I'm trying to lie to myself, but I really desire this other thing. But if I'm being honest with myself about the amount of time, energy and resources I have, how much better to choose a project or projects or, or direction 
that is feasible and that I'm actually going to show up for and create and feel that sense of creative satisfaction with than continuing on to raise the bar so incredibly high or try to follow somebody else's way of doing it that doesn't jibe with my way of being that um, I don't end up doing anything. Yes, that's not what we want. No, never. (laughs) (laughs) So the time between the 25th of December or the 1st of January always feels like just this very interesting transition period. Whether you have <laughs> end up with a lot on the calendar or nothing at all, I think we're all kind of just flexing our muscles and stretching our brains to figure out, okay, what's really going to be different on January 1st and beyond. So if you had to leave our listeners today with just one thing to do next, what would it be? <laughs> I thought this is like such a, a loaded question because you're right. It's such a funky period of time that, that what do they call it? There's like some people have a, wait, this, this, not a no man's land, but it's just, it's just a very, yeah, it's a strange funky week that week between Christmas and, uh, and New Year's. And I'm just going to tie it back and go back to what we were kind of just talking about this, just no matter what you decide to do. This is a wonderful time to practice giving yourself permission to practice, um, to be listening to your own heart and trusting your intuition and valuing that information most of all, because, you know, the first of the year is also a time where everybody has solutions for us, (laughs) you know, and I mean, that's not a bad thing. Like I'll probably have a solution available for you as well. And And I mean it from, you know, it comes from the best place also, but when there's that many things to choose from then really being able to discern because you are trusting yourself and you're being honest with yourself is, um, is so important. And even when you do use someone else's process, remember that ultimately it's how you can fit it into your life and, and, and how much you love doing it. That is the predictor or the, you know, the most important predictor of actually using it and having success with it. So in a nutshell, Mm. practice trusting yourself, being kind to yourself and showing yourself grace around whatever you decide to do in that time and that sounds like forward yeah perfect preparation to be intentionally responsive to all those solutions that are thrown at us um after the first of january because it's 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 so full of possibility it can feel fun and exciting but then i think sometime later in the year we may end up with the uh regret disappointment frustration that maybe we took on too much um, yeah, didn't really think really closely about what our values were, our priorities were, and 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 of course that that sense of honesty of am I really going to take action on this? For sure. And so you know, like some of the people that I have worked with, um, use you know, coach them through this process. At the you know when we're getting to the point of clarity and commitment, and and if they're like digging in their heels and saying, "Well, I don't want to choose one medium," and and I'm like, "It's not my desire to make sure like you're just choosing one thing." If you're really like, let's say you're an artist who does oil, acrylic, and watercolor, and you're like, "I, I don't want to focus on one for the next six months." I'll be like, great, but let's look at what does that look like exactly for you and, you know, be intentional about this, this reminder of what your spectrum of possibility looks like so that two months from now, 
you're giving, you know, you're kind of preemptively giving yourself permission to not beat yourself up. I guess turns out I've only been playing with watercolor and I said I was going to do all three. Don't use that as a reason to beat yourself up because you are giving yourself permission to play with all three. And if a couple fall away, that's okay. We're always, it's like on default, we're always kind of looking for these reasons to beat ourselves up. But I think just being, and again, being intentional about that, that's a possibility that that could happen and just knowing that ahead of time. So when it does happen, we can be, oh, nothing has gone wrong. This is just life and me having a human brain and and going off into another direction a little bit. And the same thing, we can do the same thing in the opposite direction. If we really do choose one single thing that um, is like, let's say there's one scrapbook project that you really, you know, have had your heart set on that you've wanted to do for a long time and, and you allow yourself to have that be your main project or vision, you may find if you're, because you, if you set, set yourself up in a way that's very doable to spend more time with that project, that you end up doing other things as well. And that's okay. It's, it's not that, you know, I'm not saying, no, you can't enjoy that as well. You might end up setting yourself up to have even more joy and success than you could have thought because strengthening that creative habit becomes easier. And so all of a sudden, yeah. It's so true. Focus is such a momentum builder. Even so many times when I give myself permission to, to not do something, I immediately want to do that. Maybe it's a personality thing, but like once that pressure is off, Mm -hmm. it becomes easier to take the first step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's so much, and I would even say like, and looking for playfulness around that, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, because how, how can we weave some of that in, um, a a person that is in a group of mine right now just came up with this beautiful idea. She's calling it her creative energy jar. And and I call those like creative oasis moments. So what are the fun, super, just for the fun of it, things that I love to do when I was a kid, I wish I could do more of of now a little bit like my book that I was talking about the tiny altered book thing that I'm making. Mm -hmm. There's no end game with that. I'm just enjoying the process. And she came up with all these things and she got really excited about them and she's going to put them in the jar, like kind of like a honeydew jar. And she said, uh, but is, is this just, am I just avoiding uh, doing the real thing? And I'm like, no, because look at how excited you get and how energized you feel when you pick one of those out and do it for 15 minutes. And then you can intentionally take that creative energy and bring it over into your other project or, you know, whatever your main vision is. So I think it's part of the process. Yes. Yes. Jill, this has been so delightful. Can you share where our audience can find you online and anything you might be planning for 2024? So 2024, hmm, I know it's closer than it seems. (laughs) I'm sure there'll be uh, probably some more of that uh, crystal clear creative vision and might look a little different than it looked in 2023. We'll see. But if you, uh, follow me on Instagram at, at creative oasis coach. If you um, come to my website at, at uh, creative oasis coaching.com, I will always be sharing updates and what's new and good uh, at those places. Sounds awesome. We will definitely include those links in the show notes for this episode. Thank you. Thank you, Jill, for spending time with me. I always love spending time with you, Jennifer. Thanks for the conversation. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.